1: Tom Pritchard, I'm your co-host, J.P. John Paz. With me, as always, is the star of the show, former WWE World Tag Team Champion, and eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, one of the greatest trainers in professional wrestling history, the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. Tom, how are you doing today?
0: J.P., I am doing tremendous today, and I hope it carries on wherever I go. I'm trying to spread good news in the world today, you know? <laughs> uh, I love Thank it. you. But,
1: Now, recently, Recently, before we kind of get into into topics and different things like that, that. obviously JPWA is doing well. You're the head head trainer. What's been going on down there there lately?
0: Well, we just actually here's the great thing about uh, wrestling school you never know what's going to happen. And we just had our first uh, session for 2020 begin this last Monday. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, that you can never be too sure of, but I don't feel—I I feel very confident uh, that we're gonna—we're gonna be just fine. It, it sometimes you get a lot of people, sometimes you don't get a lot of people. Guess what? This time, we didn't get a lot of people. We got two guys, and then one guy had to quit after the uh, first night. So we still have some people coming from last uh, last year's classes, and and we're gonna make this session pretty special in in highlighting and uh. Working with our one student, whose name is Silas Mason—that's his real name—and he's already been wrestling for about four years. Uh, and uh, that's what's been going on this past week. We just had a, a great uh, skull session today, and uh, that's that's about it. We're we're uh, we're doing that. Seamus just put out his Celtic Warrior workout that he did with us. Right before Christmas, and uh, of course, we're getting a lot of feedback from this podcast. So uh, 2020 is looking good so far, and this past week has been uh, uh, pretty cool, and we look forward to the next 12 weeks. I think we're going to change, you no, know, I know we're going to change a few things up, but uh, 2020 is going to be a another growing year for us, and I'm looking forward to it. What was going, going on with Seamus going on? I mean, it's pretty that's cool. cool you get
1: current, current WWE stars showing up and, you know, um, you they get to they get they get kind of share some experiences general they've, general they've had with Dr. Tom.
0: Yeah, well, Seamus just called me up and he was looking for uh uh he he was looking to come back and he wanted to get back in the ring. He hadn't been in the ring in over uh, 7 months. So right before Christmas, he he came in and filmed it for his Celtic Celtic warrior workout and uh we sp- he spent the whole day with us and uh uh just just wanted to put it up and, and wanted to plug the school wanted to give us some publicity which was very very nice of him and and uh that was that was it went out to eat and uh talked about old times and talked about uh, new times and, and the future and uh so it was great yeah new new stars old uh, current stars and people who uh, I've known from for many years have, have called me up and want to stop by and want to see what we have going on. So uh, whether we have one student or 101 students, uh, we're going we're to train, and wh- whoever stops by, they're going to be fortunate enough to uh, 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 get something that uh, those who didn't want to join are missed out on. So that's what's going on. We're, we're very fortunate to, to have that going on with us right now.
1: Yeah. It's always interesting kind of to check Twitter and you see Seamus pumping it up. You see Natalia saying she remembers some great stuff, uh, Kofi saying some nice things about you. It's always a good thing, right?
0: Always a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, we've, we've been very fortunate and I'm always happy when, uh, uh, somebody calls me up and wants to stop by and, and just either get in the ring, roll around or stop by and say hello. And, uh, uh anybody that that is with JPWA is going to benefit and uh my gosh how can that not how can that not help to have somebody there who's been there done that uh currently been there done that uh who's, who's achieved great success many many times over and uh, be right there in your midst if you will to be able to ask questions and uh get real answers so yeah it's great
1: now, this episode today, we want to talk about your training, but not so much your training with JPWA or what's going on right now, but your training back in 1998 of a not-so-young 52-year-old Vincent Kennedy McMahon as he stepped into the squared circle and he was about to face Stone Gold Steve Austin. What was your thoughts when you first hear this going on? It's like, Um, I'm going to have to wrestle, that's what the storyline kind of calls for, Uh, I'm the biggest heel in the company,
0: I need to be trained Well, what was going on in my mind is uh, this is just going to be a a couple days of Vince getting in there and going over what he needs to go over and we're going to be done with it, but lo and behold uh, Vince took this uh, very seriously And, um, he, he was in there multiple days on, of course, this was after TV and after working hours, a lot of times too, uh, he, he would be in there and he wanted to feel a bump. He really wanted to get in there and and get a good sweat, get a good workout. Uh, so I, I initially, again, I thought it was just going to be a couple days and that was it. But it turned into, I, I believe, as soon as we found out, was it uh, maybe two months before? I, I can't really remember the exact time that we worked out for this first match. But I know we also worked out later on for his other matches, too. So that was actually a, a pretty cool time because I I uh, was living in Stanford and we had all hours, all hours of the day, and we we just uh, all hours of the day to work out. Let me say that. Because sometimes it would be in the afternoon if uh, he didn't have meetings, and sometimes he would call uh, for a six thirty meeting and not show up until ten. But uh, it it was always exciting. It was always uh, it was always great to be in that environment because I, I I'm thinking. Of all the places I could be right now, I'm right in the heart of the the biggest company in the world. Here with the the owner of the company, going through things that we are talking about in this match, just walking through the match, knowing it's going to change, but just coming up with ideas and and uh, going through it. Um, that was that was very very cool. And of course, I know there's there's stories out there and they're all true. Vince wasn't always the most most athletic guy in the world when it came to the ring, <laughs> but but I got to tell you, he 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 had a work ethic, and that's that's definitely true. And he loved being in the ring. Uh, he he he's a natural performer, and he was. Uh, I saw another side of Vince when he would come over to the the studio and and later on tracks. Uh, to get in the ring, he he's he could be very engaging, personable, cordial, um, if that's a word, cordial. What I'm talking about, very very nice, it, 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 funny, and um, but also get down to business, and and he he could be very intense, even in the ring. So it was it was uh it was. An exciting time because you had the exciting things happening. Uh, the Montreal screw job and Mr. McMahon was just coming into play and, and Stone Cold was was hot. And uh, my gosh, I need to turn to get in the ring. Who are you going to train with? What about you? You know, so that was that was kind of cool. That was very cool. Man, that is just crazy. What was kind
1: of the first thoughts initially? Because you knew he was like a workout now. You knew he was a creature at the gym. But did you know he was going to be as like invested as he was to, to this you know, wrestling thing as, as far as getting actually in the ring?
0: I wasn't surprised. Uh, he always wanted to be a wrestler. He, he did. His um, father, then Senior, just uh, didn't want him to be. He wanted he he didn't want him to be one of the boys, and Vince always wanted to be one of the boys, and uh, I believe that's where his love is, and he wanted to perform in the ring. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, the only thing that um, the only thing I might have been surprised about was uh, how, uh, how 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 loose he could get and just uh, have fun and enjoy himself. When he was over there, because sometimes he would just we would just uh, lock up, play, roll around, and and do some holds, do some reversals. Knowing damn well, they're in a cage match, they're not going to be doing a whole lot of wrestling. But he would want to get loose, he'd want to uh, do some moves and and try some things, and then go over what we had an idea that they would do in the match. So, uh, yeah, I I, I think. Everybody had an idea. Once he had the opportunity to to get in the ring, he was certainly going to take to it because he he was uh, he was that invested.
1: Did he actually start training? Because initially, the, in '98, obviously it's when he kind of started training. But initially, early '98 was April uh, 13th, 1998. He had that match on Raw, which was actually the, the tie Turner. It actually ended the '83 week winning streak of Nitro and of WCW, and he fought Steve Austin in the main event. Not really a match per se. They kind of just had a brief few minutes. He smacked him in the face. Austin had one hand behind his back. But did you train him at that point to get ready for the match, or is this later on more towards St. Valentine's Day Massacre in the cage? No,
0: I I think it was even before that, because I knew... I, that's why I believe it might have been two months before the match, because they they had an idea, and it was on the table, and I remember... I actually remember... This <laughs> this was when, when everybody was still flying commercial. It was before the private jet, and then said something to me at the airport uh, that you, you, you and I are going to be uh, seeing a lot of each other, pal. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Got to get me in shape. Got to get me ready. Get me ring, ring shape. That's what he said. Something like I, I think it was ring shape or something like that in the ring. And uh, yeah, but but that was um, uh, again an opportunity that that I wouldn't have had if I wasn't there. So thank God.
1: How did he follow that up? Like, you got to get me in shape. Like, what were your, you know, what was your thoughts? Uh,
0: he was just, he was just making uh small talk and I knew we would talk once we got back to Stanford and, and that's how it was set up. Uh, I believe Liz and I'm, I can't remember everyone's name, but his secretary had contacted me and told me that Vince wanted to meet me at uh, six o'clock at the studio and we'd train so that was that was a follow-up yeah I think it was, it was just small talk at the at the uh, airport again that was when everybody was still flying commercials together of course um so that that's that's how that came about so, were you shocked
1: at all? And not, the, I mean, you said you knew that he always wanted to be a ring, in the ring and wrestling, but his dad kind of thwarted it. Were you shocked at all at age fifty-two, basically, that he's, you know, serious about this? This is the
0: chairman of the board here. You know what I mean? It's the boss. Yeah, sure. Well, but but I'm not. I wasn't shocked because um, once I think, and especially back then, I, I don't know so much about now, but back then, once you you started working in the office, in the actual office, like uh, uh, at, in, in on uh, 120 Main Street or, or whatever the address is. Once you started working in the office, you, you kind of got the vibe of how things were, would flow on a daily basis. and uh, they could be long days, they could be long hours. And you, you just—I I think once you got once. I, let me just speak for myself. Once I started working there, I saw that anything could happen. You could be called from a meeting at any time. You could be called to uh, go down and train with someone at any time. Uh, you could uh, you have to set up a workout or a tryout with someone any time. And it just—it was one of the one of those things that if you wanted to be in. The wrestling slash sports entertainment business, my gosh, WWE was the king and WWE was uh, and still is, I think, the number one company and name brand recognized company at that uh, in the world. So um, I wasn't surprised because I knew it was already a hectic pace. I already knew that um, you had to be ready for anything and available for anything it's just that was just the way the business worked and that was the way the schedule was uh so when i when i (laughs) i hear about people talking about what a grueling schedule wwe can be and 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 is well yeah that's what you sign up for Uh, if, if you don't know it then it's your fault you should you should expect anything i think and i did
1: it's just crazy to to think about it at this point. Vince really going in there, you know what I mean? Like just thinking but, about it back, like, wow, I remember him yeah. being the owner. I don't remember, it. you know. And then he becomes Mr. McMahon, and and like, oh wow, like well, he's 50, of him?
0: At fifty-two years old, he was still, and even today at seventy, what three?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Okay, at seventy-three years old, he still goes to the gym. He still uh, doesn't believe he's seventy-three. If he does, he doesn't care, and. Uh, that was that was the thing you know when i reached 52 i i honest to goodness i really don't want to wrestle anymore i'm content with with making appearances at shows at whatever they want me to do i really don't want to wrestle i mean i have and 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 that's okay too but vince just went all out for it you know he he had his neck surgery years before too but he he went all out and um yeah, I, he, he was. He's. He's. You've heard it before again. He's. He's a madman, and he approaches everything uh, with the intensity and passion, uh, which it takes a lot sometimes after you've been working all day. Not him uh, to get in there at ten o'clock at night. Sometimes he. I, I would have to meet him at ten. He wouldn't be there till eleven thirty, and then want we'll to go till one thirty or two, and then of course he'd be in the office next day at nine. So um, fifty-two, sixty-two, whatever, whatever it was with Vince, he he only stopped when when he was told you can't do this anymore. So uh, I I was I was thinking the same thing because I remember him him we I remember talking to him one time um, right before he won the title and he won the title from who who did he beat Austin. When, it when was,
1: that when, was like it was it was weird he won it kind of like uh against in, in a multi man i think it was a multi man match
0: okay, one of those things where he's saying i i don't um, i mean he didn't say he didn't want to wrestle he just he felt like he had to because this is where the storyline was going. That was my impression that was my interpretation, and I don't wanna misquote him and I don't want um, um i I don't want to say it any differently than he would because it will be misinterpreted, but I got the impression that he he doesn't mind doing it, but uh it wasn't the number one thing on his list, and at the same time. Being the showman that he is, I I think he really really wanted to do it. In the end, or even in the beginning, he wanted to do it. But I think it's it, it, being 52 years old. But God, dog, he's always been in shape, and he always looked like a he looked like an athlete, looked like a star, and he is. So, um, I think for him, uh, he he'll never put it over. I, I remember the first match when he got hit with a chair and he split his head open, uh, and I thought <laughs> I, I thought he was bleeding. You know, through other means, but he came back and, no, he got hit with a chair and got split wide open, never said a word about it, just knew that was part of the game. And I think he I think he enjoyed and appreciated that part of it even more, just to show everybody that he could go out there and take just as much punishment and do twice as much work probably than anybody else did during the day. It was the hardest, and I think today probably still holds true. He's the hardest-working guy In that company, um, even at this age and this stage of the game. So, uh, and and I've never seen anything different from it. He
1: actually, now that I'm remembering, wasn't a multi-man match. He beats Triple H with some interference. Oh, okay. Yeah, he pins Triple H. I think Austin may have cheated or something. It was a weird thing, but he was basically a face at this point, and Triple H was a heel. He um, ends up getting like a fluke win, and he vacates the title, and Triple H ends up winning it back in a multi-man match.
0: Yeah, it might have been that because Russo was still booking, right? Russo was still there. I just remember that part. Russo was still there during that time, and yeah, uh, you know, so so, uh, yeah, that was that was part of the deal. I think he he knew that that it was an important part of the uh, storyline. It was an important part of the uh, process and the angle to get everything over, uh, because Montreal was was the turning point. Montreal uh was when people saw, hey, wait a minute. Um but what, what just happened here? And what just happened there was uh, real life and uh and he did Vince did what he thought he had what he knew he had to do for himself and his company, and were for, for everybody in the company. Um and he took a shot in the eye for it, and now uh, he, he was seen as this guy who screwed the, the Canadian hero and uh, a guy who stands up for justice for all. And, and uh, my God, what a better heel! And there were there was there was real dynamics to that whole uh, whole thing. The persona of Mr. McMahon, who, who all the people knew was. Uh, at that time was Vince McMahon the announcer Vince McMahon the uh, voice of WWF I guess at that time and I I think uh Vince knew knew his place knew his role knew knew what what that meant and he was willing to go all out for it I mean he he was willing to fight for his company in the ring if need be uh, and outside the ring if need be and he proved it yeah, it's
1: crazy when you think about it, what he kind of did and and became Mr. McMahon almost as a shoot, and then took it into a character and turned but, it into Mr. McMahon the character.
0: But wait, but but it, but see, that's what I'm saying. That was a shoot the whole time. That was a shoot with, without anybody ever knowing because there was no there, <laughs> there was there was no need to bring out that persona until it, it was there, and then once it was right. there, he could do it not just. Uh, uh, not just sometimes during the day and entertain himself and others, but, but now he had a platform where even backstage he could have fun being Mr. McMahon if people didn't didn't know the real events, and he would come in and start yelling and screaming and and uh, uh, you know, playing without anybody else knowing he's playing, and, and it's kind of like ribbing the guys, ribbing people watching. So he could do that, and I, and I believe he had a great time doing it. It sure looked like he did, and it felt like he did.
1: Oh, yeah. And Mr. McMahon, what a great character, what a great heel. It's just crazy to think, like, okay, he's going to be the number one heel. You know, he's going to be the, the guy Austin has the one of the greatest feuds of all time with. It's going to be a non-wrestler, a guy that's, quote, you know, quote, unquote, the owner of the company. Well, not quote, unquote, but just the one of the the, vo- the voice of the company of an announcer. And then, really, behind the scenes is really the owner. Was that different, just for the pure fact that the number one heel wasn't an actual wrestler? Or he was a non-wrestler?
0: Well, WWE uh, has always prided prided itself on being different, not not just uh, wrestling. And I like wrestling. I mean, I grew up on on professional wrestling. And when when WWE started saying we're not wrestlers, we're superstars, sports entertainment. Um, that was different, and they always led the pack. So if it was a non-wrestler and and it was somebody other other than Vince, I would I would think it wouldn't fit. But Vince made it fit because he was such an asshole, and everybody could relate to a boss that you wanted to punch out. It was everything was aligned. Uh, The people, it, it was a simple, stated story this is the guy everybody wants to come up and punch in the face and then you hear that here's the guy who will punch him in the face for you so um it was different it was new and once once that that spark takes off sometimes you you can't contain it It'll, it'll just turn into uh wildfire and i think it did with austin events and and then you had rock and the whole synergy was just uh happening you could feel the energy backstage in front of the the cameras and and off uh out, out of the out of the eye of the camera too so uh it was a fun time
1: and it was all basically leading to them wrestling one on one but before that as we're kind of going through he actually ends up in the Royal Rumble and he wins the Royal Rumble match. So that's like a huge shocker, but you know, he's not that he's only in the match. He ends up winning the whole thing. Was that one of those things where you were training him for the Royal Rumble as well? Uh,
0: I think the Royal Rumble was, I don't, I don't, honest to goodness, I don't recall if we did any special training for that. Um, The matches again with Austin and, and Hunter Shane Hogan, Uh, Any individual matches, he definitely would come over to the studio and just either get in the ring, stretch, talk, work out, and and go. For the Royal Rumble, he very well could have, but I just don't recall any specific... Line of training for that I he was he was always in in great cardio shape But you know ring shape and cardio shape are two different things and I think he's Vince is one of those people who can Will himself to keep going you just you'll you'll there's no way he's gonna quit if he's not finished and sometimes even when he's finished he won't quit so uh, I Don't recall that necessarily, but um, Very well could have Take us through, like, typical
1: training. with him. You said sometimes you show up 11 o'clock at night, you go to 1.30 in the morning, or whatever it is. But take us through, like, typical training. When you get there, is it the basics? Are you treating him like a normal student? Like, how does that go?
0: No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're gearing it towards the match. We're gearing gearing it towards what he wants to do. And he would come in, and uh, if he hadn't changed yet, which which he usually had by the time he came over to us, um, he, he would be in his workout gear, get in the ring, stretch, talk, and, and how was how was the day? How was your day? Here's what I have an idea. Let's try. I want to try this tonight, or or what do you got for me tonight, pal? Uh, what do you think? Um, just again. Once he was done stretching, I'd say, "Okay, let's circle." And we would circle, and we would just lock up, and he would wrench my neck. And pull me every which way, and we'd go to the ropes, I'd grab something, we'd reverse, we'd go into a couple spots, we'd go into a a series, and that's how we'd break a sweat. And then he'd say, okay, here's what I want to try. What do you think about this? And I'd say, great, let's try it, and let's try something else. Uh, So we had ideas, he had ideas, and we set up the the cage by the ring when he was getting ready to uh, fall onto the table. That was for their first match, practice that a couple times. And, uh, you know, that's that's a pretty dangerous uh, bump to take for anyone. I don't care who you are, if you're a pro or not a pro. But Vince, again, at 52 years old, wants to take this bump from the uh, cage to the uh, announcer's table and go through it. And he, we measured it. We, we did everything and, and walked through it and did, did it a couple times. And and he hit it every time in the studio. And then when the match came, he kind of landed on the uh, the corner, the, the outside uh, end of the table and kind of bounced. And he wouldn't put it over, but it hurt. It had to have hurt. He was walking slow the next couple of days, but he wasn't going to put anything over. So uh he he was a he's still a tough guy. He was a tough guy. But we would just we, we would he would stretch. I was already stretched, and if if he was stretching, I was stretching too. But he usually took a good fifteen to twenty minutes to stretch, uh, nice and easy. And there were times, let me say this too, times when uh Shane would come with him because you know I was doing training Shane before events. Uh, and, and Shane was always a, a ball of energy and, and a pleasure to be around any time. Uh, so Shane would sometimes also get in there and and play around. and uh, He and I would wrestle and work out. Vince, we'd go back and forth. So it was uh, a loose deal, but usually we, we didn't go under an hour, hour and a half. Sometimes you'd stay there, uh, maybe two, maybe three hours sometimes. Uh, but that was a... The most we would go probably about an hour and a half, two hours, depending on his schedule. And um, we definitely have a sweat by the time we're done. But at the same time, if there was something that he was specifically wanting to go over, that's what we did. And that's what we should have done because we're preparing the owner of the company in a huge pay-per-view match. I don't think we need to go over. Here's the basics and let's not move until you get these down. We want you to do what you're going to do make sure you're safe. Make sure uh, Steve is safe. Make sure uh, we can be as safe as possible because no matter, you can go over something a hundred times and uh, still have something go wrong. Uh, So we just, we, we, that was my concern, making sure he was safe and everybody else in the match was safe. So when you so, when
1: you uh, train him for that him actual bump where he falls and lands and on the, land the corner, corner of the table and table really, really gets hurt. hurt, he you know you say he, saying saying he nails it nailed it every time. And everything and is that one of that those things thing where he's li- literally physically climbing a cage and, and taking a crazy, crazy bump, bump off of it, or how does that actually work?
0: Well, yeah, it was outside. Do you remember the bump where he was climbing? Oh yeah, climbing? yeah, and then I think he then broke think, his back. Pretty much, but he wouldn't tell you that, and he sure wouldn't put it over. But yeah, and and we we had the crash pad set up in the studio, uh, just same height as the announcers' table, and we measured same length, and he took it, I believe, three times, and then when the match comes again, it just one 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 of those things you have to. Um, uh, he, he's will he was willing to take a chance and, and he did. And, uh, anytime you do a, do a gimmick like that, high, that's what they're called high risk, pal, Uh high risk maneuver, by all means it was. And, uh, but he was not, he was fearless. He wasn't afraid of anything. And so that was, that was that. Did Steve
1: ever come to the training?
0: No. No, no, no. Uh, Steve was on the road. So Steve was working, but also even during the off times. Now, Steve, uh, I, I believe they did go over it, obviously, the day of, but never he, Steve never came to the studio for that.
1: Now, as far as him training and stuff. And like you said, you wouldn't go over basics or fundamentals, things like that. What did you actually think about his basics and his fundamentals and his punches and all that stuff?
0: Well, well that's what I'm saying. We we would grab a headlock. We would do uh, some punching and, and basics and fundamentals. Um, it's not, it, it's something he certainly needs to work on if he's going to, if that kid he <laughs> thinks he has a chance, but you know, I, I, I think if you're going to go right into the main event at, uh, whatever pay-per-view it was. St.
1: Valentine's Day
0: Massacre. Um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay, well, I think we can pretty much get you from uh, where you need to start to where you need to be, and it ain't going to involve a whole lot of left circle, lock up, grab a headlock type thing. It's a cage match. It's a fight, you know, so we're not going to – he's going to have special matches, (laughs) and that's pretty much it. He's going to be in those uh, special – Uh, stipulation matches and the stipulation is uh, you make sure that you give the fans and your pay-per-view audience what they're looking for and what they want. So we had spots and uh, go over those, of course, write, write things down. And when uh, came the day of the show, the day of the match, go over it with Austin. So, um, that was that was how we did that. How much a part of the process are you as far as
1: agenting the match and making sure everything goes down right? Are you the, specifically the agent for that match? No,
0: nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. All I was responsible for at that time was uh, helping Vince get in, get in ring uh, positioning or getting ring or freak. I want to say ring shape, but but at the same time, it really wasn't, it was more just getting in, uh, getting in the ring. I was more just responsible with that. I think, uh, of course, Austin events had their ideas and they knew what they wanted to do for the match, but that wasn't, that wasn't my deal right then. I was responsible for, um, Helping to make sure they they had what they needed if blood was was required in that match, and uh, so that was kind of cool to help Vince with this is the first time that uh, there might be blood. So, Tom, can you help us? Well, of course I can. So I don't want to I don't want to go into detail, and I don't want to say I made a blizzard aid for him at all, but 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 I did. So. <laughs> But he didn't need it. He got clobbered in the head of the chair and, and it was a hard way. And I thought it was like when I after the match. See, after the match I was I would never go back to Vince's office. Why? Why should I? What what would I do? But I went back to his office after this match and they were stitching him up and I said, That was great He goes, I, I didn't use it. So, what do you mean? I so, I didn't need it and he showed me and look, I'm watching the doctor stitch him up but he but he points to that and I'm going, Oh Jesus. Yeah. So um but that was it. It might have been Finley or Michael Hayes who might have had that agent. No, been that match. So, and, then, and they they know their stuff. And I don't really remember who it, who was the actual agent for it. I just remember before the match, uh, we did go over. Like I said, if, if blood was needed, we, we had that taken care of.
1: Nice. Yeah. As far as you say, you don't need to go back there. You don't need to go back there. But this time you went back there. How come you, wouldn't normally go back there? And say I something
0: I, to him? I had no reason to. What would I? I mean, this th- this was the first match you had. That's what I'm saying. If there was anything else, I I never uh, had a reason to go back to the office talk to Vince. But now since I was a part of helping him uh, with this match, I did. I, I had a reason to go back. So, um, so that was that was. That was why.
1: Was anyone against him wrestling at all? I mean, obviously, you know, that could happen where he gets busted open the hard way or him falling in that table spot and hurting his back and getting hurt really bad. Was anybody against him actually getting in there and wrestling?
0: Not that, not anyone that I heard make vocal mention of that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Stephanie and Shane were concerned, but at the same time, confident that, Anything Vince put his mind to he could do, and I don't think they were worried about his uh, uh physical ability to do that, so but they might have been just concerned as uh, as his son and daughter so but but yeah i don't I never heard anyone publicly come out and say or backstage say, Man, I don't think he should do this' Nobody probably would either, right? No, yeah, I don't think anyone would, even if they felt. Well, let me take that back. Sometimes you would you would be with a group of guys, uh, whether it's agents or producers or whatever, and privately they might voice their uh, their opinion. And on this one, I never heard that. So, as far as, far
1: as-, as- Vince's his ability. What would you, what kinda would you raid, kind of rate him, him ability wise? Away, away from, the, from fact the fact
0: that he's the owner. He's the owner. Uh, about a five, maybe a four. Sometimes because you wasn't sure which way to go when he, when he locked up with you and 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 how to move you and and he was very um, he was solid. He he just he was like a bull. He and he was a strong. He's a strong guy. Uh, and he just, um, he, and I, I really can't remember if I ever told him to just relax. I'm like, I, no, I take that back. I'm sure I did because I'm sure I told him right off the bat, but he and Austin, uh, both worked with the understanding that we have to be stiff here. We have to be solid. And I think that's, that's why I pretty much accept well no not pretty much. I actually i just accepted this is what it is. This is why he is this way because he wants it to be this way and he wants Austin to be that way too. So but on a on a on a rating system, I mean if you're gonna talk about not just uh being the owner of the company, he, he's about a four or five, you know, in, in skill level, but my God, uh, he, you you've gotta give him props. You've got to give him credit because he he went out and did, did stuff that a regular – I don't know what a regular 52-year-old man does, but certainly I don't think they're in the ring in a cage getting their head smashed with a chair. And they're certainly not a millionaire at that point. Um, he might have been a billionaire. I don't know. But uh, I, I, I give him props because he would be in the trenches with me, and, and we, we, he would talk like a uh, – Uh, very empathetic, sympathetic, caring. So, um, you know, he didn't have to have all the skill in the world. He had drawing power. He was the owner of the company who was about to get his ass kicked by the biggest badass of them all, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, he knew it. He loved it. He relished it, and he enjoyed it. Being the heel, he's a great heel. No doubt about it. Yeah. What would
1: you rate him as far as the intangibles? Like we kind of talked about it on a way back in the first episode, the intangibles, the other things, you know, the, the charisma, the look, the different aspects. How would you rate him on like that kind of stuff?
0: Ten, actually. This this one goes to eleven. Uh, I would, if, if we could uh, give him an eleven or fifteen or twenty, whatever it is, a hundred percent. He uh, has the charisma, has the knowledge and power uh, knowing when he walks in any room or any space uh, he's in control and you not everybody has that Vince has the power to exude his power and to let you know that uh, he's a powerful man you you there's no denying even in his uh, humble Um, even in his humility, let me say it that way, he he still exudes his power. He just has this energy about him. And every time I've ever been around him, whether it's been in a meeting setting, workout setting, I've seen him in the gym uh, training as well, it's this undeniable, intangible energy uh, that you you feel it, and you don't know exactly why or what it is, except that uh, uh, he's a powerful man. So the the intangibles, as far as charisma and uh, drawing people to towards you, towards your way, um, he he has that in spades. Were you ever,
1: Were you ever worried? worried? about him, him, like like, okay, okay, he's 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 going to get in in there, he's taking taking this crazy, Austin Austin and him are going to work, you know, he's going to have my,
0: you know, the blade or whatever He's going to have to get into that aspect of it. It's going to be a rough match. You ever worry about him? Yeah, I did. I did worry about him on occasion, but he, again, he won't sell anything. He won't put anything over, but I know how the bombs feel. And at that time, um, I wasn't 52, obviously, but I'm going, oh, my gosh. But I did worry about him because I sure didn't want him to get hurt. And uh, and, and I, I don't think he did. But, pardon me, he did get hurt, but he didn't get hurt seriously. So thank goodness for that. Now, well, as you're as kind of
1: kind training him and stuff, you mentioned training him for a bunch of matches. Bunch Were you, like, the go-to, the go-to guy, guy for him? You're the, you're guy, the that guy that he's like, to Dr. Tom, Tom I've got to get back in the, the ring. ring. i got to train again. You are his personal, personal trainer?
0: trainer? Yeah, for, for the wrestling part, yeah. He had somebody else at the gym. But I was the trainer for the first developmental system there, and that was already in place when this happened. So I was the go-to guy. I was the guy at that time. He would he kind of playing. never have another, have another guy, guy in the ring with him. You know what I mean? Oh, no, Shane. One-on-one. Yeah, yeah, it would be me and Vince and I one-on-one and sometimes Shane. But, yeah, that was it. No, we didn't have any – no, I take that back, I take that back, I take that back, I take that back. When Kurt was training, when Kurt Angle was training, and I think Sean Stacey and a couple other guys, uh, he came over to do a promo, and there's a uh, a vignette of, Shane, of mm-hmm. Vince – Stunning me, Kurt Angle, might be Stasiak. Angle had a mask on. There were a couple guys with a mask on uh, that that Vince stuns in this vignette. Uh, So there were a couple guys like that when we had a camp, where we had guys coming in to train, because, yeah, I was training guys at that time, too. So that's why. You know, sometimes I forget these things, but Kurt Kurt Angle, I remember he stunned with a mask on and, and we shot, we stunned Stasiak and somebody else stunned me. Uh and it was all in this vignette. So that was about the only other time. But he never he never brought in extra guys just to say, Hey, I wanna have some extra guys to train with because again, he didn't have a uh regular schedule that, hey, we're gonna train at ten o'clock today this morning or, or whatever. It was just Whenever he had time, whenever he could fit it in his job, in his schedule. And I understood that and I'm working for him. So uh, that it, it was, it was that back then when Vince wanted to train, that's when we trained. I find it so interesting that
1: he's kind of, you know, just really trusting in you. And and obviously, he trusts you. Why wouldn't
0: he trust me? Why wouldn't he trust me? Who have I trained? What have I done so far? So why wouldn't he trust me?
1: Well, he definitely, definitely should. But I just love the fact that you know, the fact that, you know, he's putting all his trust in you as far as like this is, this, you know, this is huge. He loves it. basically, yeah, he loves you. It's like yeah, I'm, you're, you're the guy. You're going to train me for the biggest match possibly in wrestling history because this dude is one of the biggest in wrestling history. I think it's quite the compliment by him.
0: Well, I do too. I'm very, I was very fortunate for that. But the the thing is, the guy who was really trusting was Austin because he Austin didn't come to. Uh, uh, to the studio, as I said. So he's really trusting Steve to get in there for the first time and have a match. And, and of course, Steve's the ultimate costume pro, if you would. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I took it as a compliment. I thought it was very, very cool. Uh, the only McMahon uh, I didn't get in the ring with was Linda. So I was fortunate enough to train Vince, Shane, and Stephanie. So... Um, but I think that has a lot to do with me being there at the right place at the right time. So, uh, while, while I was the guy, I was happy to be the guy. I was happy to be the guys in there, uh, that they did trust. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great compliment.
1: And you also mentioned years later, he's feuding with Hogan and Russell Hogan. You trained him for the Hogan match as well?
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Whenever he had a match, uh singles match or anything like that, uh, he would always come to the studio and get in the ring, just to get some ring rust off, just to get in there, just to uh, walk around and get comfortable again. People who, Guys who have been in the business and wrestled for years and years and years have been out for a while, once you, you are out for a little bit, you you've got to get back in the ring, just get some ring rust off before you get in there again. I would think, uh, sometimes you have the chance, sometimes you don't, but I just know how it was when I was out of the ring for a while, for months and you come back and you get in and you go, wow, it's you'll pick it up real quick, but you, you've got to get your, your feet under you again. You got to, uh, remember how far it is, how many steps to hit the ropes and, and what you have to do to um, uh, just get comfortable in that setting again. So I, I think that's what Vince wanted to do was get comfortable in that setting in the ring, uh, no matter who he was going to work with. He he would trust his opponent, no doubt, but he would try to say that because if he didn't trust him, he wouldn't be in the ring with him. Right. So, uh, but but you still want to get in the ring, get your feet on you and kind of realize, oh, it takes this many steps. And, and there's things people don't think about and not everybody thinks about every day because it's just kind of a second nature thing. Once you get started and you, you uh, wrestle for a while and you learn that on the independent scene, let me say it's different rings, but in WWE, they all have uh, it's it's all 20 foot 20 by 20 um ring. So at the same time you, you have to you have to get in there and uh figure out how you feel and how many uh how many steps you have to take. What do you have to do uh uh to get where you want to be in that match. So that's that's all it was. You just want to make sure he uh he had been in the ring, you know, at least a week before you had the match and and uh, had his footing under him. I felt good. And every time he did, it seemed like he uh, felt good. So he accomplished the mission.
1: Yeah. Do you give him... Advice as far as like okay you should do this move or that move or you're kind of like leaving that to him. I know you said you're passing ideas and stuff, but are you saying yeah. like no I would do this
0: fence for sure like yeah. really kind
1: of hammering stuff home? Yeah,
0: yeah not hammering it home, uh, beating it obviously with a base or like a dead horse or anything like that. But yes, definitely. And he would try it that way, and uh, we would go. We would have our work there from there, doing it that way. But but a lot of that was just wrestling holds to get us. Uh, loosened up and into what what they're going to do in their match, because there wasn't going to be a lot of wrestling holds. There wasn't going to be a lot of uh, technical uh, savage steamboat moments. It was going to be <laughs> a fight between Stone Cold and Vince, or Hunter and Vince, or Sean and Vince, or um, whoever else it might be. So... Yeah, but but yeah, I would I would say certainly if you're gonna grab the arm, you know, grab it, slide down, grab my wrist this way, or trap it this way with the left arm. Uh, and he would. Do you think that
1: he at all thought he was above any of that, or you you said
0: like no the and
1: stuff? But did he ever kind of think like okay, come on, Tom, like no. teach me, something. some? No, never. Never, never,
0: never, never, never. Yeah, never indicated that to me. Never felt that, uh, Vince. I think Vince wanted to not tread on anybody's territory, in other words, if this was your department, you do what you would do um in your department and that was my department we He had to uh we we had to create a position for this because this was something new and and it was uh I think they called it trainer at first and then we just morphed it into coach um because we, we had to have it and and this is i wasn't self-employed anymore it was where you were taking taxes out 401ks health insurance things that were new to me because i, I had been a wrestler my whole life self-employed and uh so vince had people in departments that handled Their department, if you're in marketing, well, what do you think we should do? Tell me because that's your expertise. Um, You're in TV, what should we do? Tell me because that's your department. Training, I've watched wrestling, I own a wrestling company, a sports entertainment company, but this is your department. What should we do once we get here? Now we're going to lock up, how do you want me to grab this? What would you suggest? And I got that vibe from him. He never said that. What do you? What do you suggest? What the? What do you? Uh, I guess he did, and not so many words. But uh, no, I never got that drift from him. Vince, Vince is a very intimidating person. But then you get one-on-one, and I and it's so many people talk about this, and it's true. Once you you get one-on-one with him, and you see a different side of Vince, you understand. This is how he is when he has to be that way. When he has to be Mr. McMahon, he knows how to do that. And there are many times in, in life and many times, I'm sure, in the business world uh, when he had to be that guy. But that's business. you know. And I, under, I understood that more than uh, ever, my last run in WWE. Do you, it's a personal business. And you get really deeply involved with it. And they say, well, don't take it personal. It's, it's just business. But it is personal. And we've been through that before. It's, it's, you, know, you build relationships with people. You think you know them. You get to know them. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's just business. Well, all right. Uh, since it is just business, you, you take care of your part. And we'll take care of the next part, is, is how I looked at it.
1: Did you feel a closeness to him or a bond at all, the fact that you were training him, or not really?
0: Uh, Here's the deal. And that's on me. I I felt as close as I could get to to Vince as I was allowing myself to get as close to anybody. Um, he, he owned the company. He and Bruce have a very tight relationship and I didn't want to impede on that. I didn't want to make it look to him or anybody else. Like I'm trying to suck up to you because if I do, then there's going to be greater rewards for me later down the line. Not my intention, not what I wanted to do. I had no ambitions to do it right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, I, I, I I can't explain why I just, I've got this far in life and this is the way I've been. I, I would get as close to people as I could. And, um, that I, 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 at that time, uh, my, my closeness related to everything we did in the business and, and I tried, but I just didn't want to make it appear anything like I want anything else except what I have right now, which was a job uh, doing what I loved and being around the, the business and the, uh, um, the things that I got to do. So was there a bond there? Yeah. Yeah. I think there was. Um, he, he was very, very good to me, treated me great. And on a couple of occasions, especially after training with, with Shane, he made it a point, uh, to thank me very much, and on on one occasion, especially, he said, "I want you to know how much I appreciate uh, what you've done for Shane." I didn't do anything for Shane except get in the ring with him and work out with him. But Shane was a natural too, and Shane uh, was a maniac. It didn't didn't was fearless. Didn't care. He could fly, do whatever whatever uh, it called for. But as far as uh as far as getting close and and uh going over to the house for a swim, no didn't do that, but uh i when we were, when I was around him whether it was at t v at the office uh always made it a point to to say hello, always made it a point to uh make small talk when when he had time <laughs> if we were there, and it was a moment
1: now, as far as relationship, you said you didn't go over his house for swimming and things like that, Bruce you said was close to him and closer with him is that all you said it was kind of on you, but is that on him as well? Like, should he not, he maybe should, but is that one of the things Things where you're almost expecting like, Oh, I thought we would be a little bit tighter or, or no. not, not at all.
0: No, 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 Because again, uh we look, I've had my one-on-ones with him where, where we've, it's, it's been just he and I, and we've talked about uh, a couple serious things. And, and, I don't want to go into those because those, those are just, those are one-on-one talks that that I thought, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you talked to me about this because, um, it, it, it does show that you trust me. And so, so it was that, but I, but I just never have been one of those people to, uh, try and get close to somebody because it was going to, gonna benefit me. I, I maybe it's the wrong way to look at it, but I just that's the way I looked at it. And Vince was very again, he was he was as personable and uh as bonding as he could be and I was too. And I obviously I I wasn't very adept at it, the depth at it, whatever you want to say, uh at that time. I've learned since then. But um we were just, I, I, again, Bruce Bruce and Vince had a relationship, and Vince and I had a relationship, totally different. But at the same time, uh, I got to work with him in that capacity, and can't take that away from me. Was anybody
1: ever jealous of you that you were training Vince one-on-one with Vince and had that opportunity?
0: Not that I know of, not at all, especially in there, man. I mean, it was... Um, there was nothing to be jealous about. There, there was plenty of work for everybody to do at WWE. The the whole trainer slash coach thing came about um, because that's that was the next step. They they weren't creating any in house talent, and WCW had the power plant. We needed something, and it was just a. Let's see how this takes off type thing. And it took off, and uh, the developmental system was so much different back then than it is today uh, in, in a lot of ways, a lot of sense, and it would take me a long time to go over that. But but it it's it's great when you have the keys to the kingdom and can do whatever you want. I wish we could have had the PC Center back then. But thank God, Hunter had the vision. Hunter is an old school guy he has respect for the old school and uh he he saw that it needed the the developmental system needed an overhaul, and he had the uh power to make it happen so um, it we weren't uh we it was a it was a lot more informal, but I was also Wanted to make sure I didn't do the wrong thing and didn't make uh, uh, a whole lot of mistakes. So I was trying not to be too uh, sort of personable or personal uh, when it came to Vance because Bruce and he had a, a relationship. And if if that's what it was and if that's the way Vance want to handle it, then that's where he's going to handle it, and I'll just follow his lead. Bruce
1: ever check in on you guys when you're training?
0: Oh, of course. Sure a couple of people stopped by and checked in. Yeah. Pat, um God, Bruce, Russo. Yeah, a few people would stop in.
1: Well what is that like? Is Vince kinda of like uh, guys get out of here or is he like all right I'm gonna show off for you guys? Oh, oh
0: no 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 no. They, they he would he would work out while they're watch and if he needed to talk to them, he talked to them. Or if they needed if they needed to talk to him, yeah, he would stop and, and talk. But uh yeah for the most part, if they would come and watch or do whatever if they had had an idea for the match, they'd add it, tell them what they thought. but for the most part, it was us just in the ring and uh uh if anybody came over, they would stop sometimes watch for a little bit and then leave, sometimes do what they had to do, and then uh uh leave or other times they'd stay but um I mean, there there were many many nights when uh, we we would be in the studio late at night, and everybody else you know, people still be working in the edit bays and, and and working all the time, uh, and it would just be us in the ring. So it was so it was a, it was a really interesting time to be there.
1: Looking back, adding everything up, his physical all the tools like you said, work rate probably four or five. The intangibles, probably a ten, eleven. Overall, what do you what do you think as far as a wrestler? I mean, he, I mean, this, is, this ain't the the Rock coming out of you know, young Rock coming out of here, fifty two right. year old man. But like, how would you rate him overall?
0: As a performer, I have to give him a ten, just because he was fearless. He wasn't afraid to do anything or try anything. Um, so I, I have to give him a ten as a, as a performer, as as someone who uh, gonna go out there and leave it all in the ring. He, he he just he felt that way. And I know some guys uh on the crew who didn't feel that way. So Vince was Vince was all in and I, I, I give him props. I I give him all the respect in the world. Um because even today you can look at him and tell <laughs> You can tell he busts his ass in the ring. And that's, that's, or busts his ass in the gym, excuse me. But that's one of the things that a lot of uh, new recruits don't get that everything you do, especially when you get in this business, and especially now in 2020, uh, everybody has a camera, everybody's watching, and everybody pays attention, um, regardless of if you're if you're just starting out or you've been around for a while you know if you're good or if somebody thinks you're good somebody's going to send a, a video or somebody's going to see a video or see something and make a judgment call um so events you know, knew that everybody would be watching him as the owner of WWE going out there. He he knew he had that uh, uh, foresight, if you will, to realize that he has to go out here and and perform and and be fearless, and he was. So, I mean, uh, overall, he was definitely a ten.
1: And I think that is a perfect stopping point for this week. Great stuff on Vince. Love getting kind of behind the curtain and really, really learning more, not just about training, but like what happened behind the scenes with the training. So it's so cool to get that perspective from you. Just got to mention, of course, as far as plugs and pro wrestling tea store for JPWA. So check out pro and go to the JPA wrestling store. J- for- J- JPWA. JP, I'm sorry. JPWA, obviously. Jacob Pritchard Wrestling Academy, obviously. Um, check out the pro wrestling tea store and a Patreon page for the JPWA as well. On the Patreon page, they'll have a lot of videos of training and a lot of things that you probably could learn from. Also, check out the website JT dot com. Any email you want to send us questions, comments, concerns, you can go to Tom Pritchard podcast at gmail dot com. You can follow me on podca- excuse me on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can follow Dr. Tom at Dr. Tom Pritchard. Our website is TMPTEmpire.com. dot com. And Dr. Tom, do you have any upcoming appearances?
0: Do I do, I do, I do. But first of all, also check out the. Um, uh, Celtic Warrior workout uh, with Sheamus that he came when he came and did his J P W A uh, gimmick from there. It was very very cool. February seventh, uh, I believe it is, and I'm just going to look here real quick because uh, yes, February seventh. It's a Friday in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We are doing a benefit well, we. KFW is doing a benefit for Tracy Smothers. Um, a lot of guys are going to be there: Ricky Morton, myself. Ah, gosh, and I wish I had the, other, the list of other people around Tennessee uh, to to help out Tracy Smothers. We just did. I say again we, but we did. Uh, Matt Sigmund promoted a huge Bobby Eaton appreciation night in Knoxville on December 14th. We saw we all saw Tracy Smothers come and uh he wasn't doing real good. He'd been having chemotherapy, He'd just gone through some uh uh heavy stuff with cancer and uh Tommy Henry with KFW wants to help him. So uh if you go to the KFW Facebook, and I think all it is is KFW. It's called Ken, Kin K I N Folk Wrestling. Uh, again, it's located in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Big, big benefit. We're hoping a lot of people come out. All proceeds go to Tracy, helping out in his uh, his condition. I also have uh, some seminars coming up too. Um, Fantasy Camp February twenty second for the JPWA. You can go to our website for all that information, fill out an application, and um, we'll have a lot of fun. Then I have a course uh, on March 7th in Jeffersonville, Indiana for, the, uh, for Ian Rotten. Um, you can check them out as well, IWA. And... Uh, I think for right now that's that's about it as we get into summertime. I have some summertime stuff. But we don't have to run everything down right now. We can get as we get closer we'll certainly go over that I'm sure.
1: Absolutely. And Dr. Tom, if anybody needs you know, out there needs really good professional training, why not go to the guy that trained Vincent Kennedy-McMahon, The Rock, Shane McMahon, and, and the list of others? Got to go to JPWA, especially Dr. Tom, right? I mean, there's nobody better than that.
0: Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I think there's a lot of great trainers out there, and it's all what fits your needs, and um, I can't say that uh, I'm better than anybody else, but the people who train with me can. So uh, you you you've got some guys out there who, who approach this uh, in their way. I approach it in my way, but the only way does not exist. So you have to find what fits you, what fits your goals, and uh, what you're comfortable and happy doing. So uh, while <laughs> – this this year we're we're looking at revamping our business model to where uh everybody gets the benefit uh of what, what they're looking for and, and accomplishes what they want to do. Listen, we know not everybody who comes to wrestling school is gonna be a major WWE or, or a major company star. We get that. But <laughs> what what are you going to wrestling school for? Do you want to have a couple matches? Do just do you just wanna feel it, taste it? Uh, on the independent okay. level and have fun, okay, great. Uh, then do you really want to – what What do you want to do? And that's that's how you have to look at this thing. I, I would advise anyone before you go to any wrestling school, JPWA included, do your research, do your background uh, history, and, and due diligence. Just find out where the trainers have been, um, uh, who's come from their school, have they had any success rate, What what's – what's the facts and you got some really good schools out there you got ricky morton hall of famer rock and roll express my god man still going strong uh you got danny cage with the monster factory and i i I plug these other guys because i believe rudy gonzalez in san antonio i believe if we get the business uh uh um, fortified back with some of these guys who understand what working is and what it should be uh, without it I'm not saying we can go back to the 60s or 70s and have those style matches but what I'm saying is we can teach the guys that when you lock up you do it this way when you wrestle, when you take your time you do it this way um, and it will get get around again hopefully because <sighs> If you don't have a foundation and you don't know the basics and fundamentals, you will crumble. You won't know where to go. You'll get lost. You will you may last a couple of years. You'll be a flash in the pan. That's fine. That's great if that's what you want to do. But if you want some longevity, you need to have something to build it on and have a sturdy foundation, and that's what we're trying to do. I know that's what Rudy does. I know that's what Ricky does, Danny, and uh, anybody else that I've talked to and as as a trainer. Um, all the guys that I know that I do uh, seminars with, we all have the same philosophy. We're going to tell you, you need to have a story. You need to know how to tell a story. Yes, you need excitement. Yes, you need high spots. Yes, you need to have those guys. Um, but you you can't run if you don't know how to crawl. So let's crawl, and then let's walk, and then let's get in a match, and let's tell a story. Do the stuff you can do well, and um, then work on the stuff that you really want to do. So uh, that's that's kind of our philosophy, and that's that's why when uh, people say "God dog," it's it's great and you're great. I appreciate that, I really do. But come find out for yourself, and come find out if it's true or not. And uh, I don't think you would be disappointed if you do. JPWA, uh, we've had we've had a lot of people in classes and then we've had few people in classes but the good thing is we have a crew of guys over the last year that still want to come back and are getting booked around here and have been on raw and have been on smackdown as extras and they've got a taste of it and found out oh wait a minute this is a real deal we can actually uh we can go as far as we want and it's all up to us that's what that's what they know. That's what they've been told, and that's what they're aiming for right now. They're finding their way. So if we get enough trainers and people who communicate and um, get the same ideas out there, maybe it'll permeate, and maybe it'll go back to. Um, I I, I don't want to say yeah you know, a different let's say a different way of. Uh, working or moving or, 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 doing business. I don't know. May, may not, but it's, it'll take a while. I know that, but we can, we can't do anything if we do nothing.
1: That is a great point and great training advice from Dr. Tom, one of the best trainers out there, one of the greatest trainers of all time. And of course you could hear that every week when you listen to taking you to school with dr tom pritchard see you next week folks thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling what the world is downloading